This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Do you know the difference between warp drive and impulse power? Do you have an opinion over which design of the USS Enterprise was the best? Do you remember when Klingons didn't have ridges on their foreheads? If you answered yes to those questions, then chances are you're a Star Trek fan. I would like to invite you to listen to my new podcast, The Prime Direction. For 50 years, Star Trek has been affecting people from all walks of life, teaching life lessons and changing the lives of people all over the world. The Prime Direction is the story of those fans. On every episode, I'll sit down with a lifelong fan of Star Trek and trace their fandom back to the very beginning. We'll talk about their favorite characters, the toys they played with, and what their favorite series is. But more importantly, we'll talk about how the show has made their life better. So join me on The Prime Direction on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, as well as our website at CosmicPotato.com. And if you'd like to be on the show, just send me an email at mail at CosmicPotato.com, and we'll arrange a time for you to tell me about your Prime Direction. Time for somebody's favorite radio program. Coming to you from the great state of Alabama and from points located all across the U.S. Eastern Seaboard, it's Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. You can find us at CosmicPotato.com and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, situated in a small corner in Birmingham, Alabama, only inches from a tall glass of Diet Mountain Dew, here is your host, Sean Ray. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey everybody, and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. My name is Sean, and sitting in with me tonight is Rick. How are you tonight, sir? I am boiling, but fine. (laughs) Me too. You're in Mississippi right now. You're on the road in Mississippi. I am, and every time I go outside now, I feel like I should be wearing a still suit. Yeah. And I'm from Florida. I thought I knew hot. (laughs) We went up to the Memphis Zoo today. Oh, my. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) it's good to be indoors. (laughs) Anthony's here as well. Anthony, how are you, sir? Well, apparently I'm as cool as a cucumber. What's the the temperature up there? You're in uh, Maryland. What's the temperature there right now? Uh, probably in the mid-low 70s. Uh, uh, didn't know I would actually be giving a weather report on the show. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it was 97 today in Birmingham, so it was, mm. yeah, pretty hot. Yeah, we had a heat index of like 107 or something. Yeah, humidity and all, yeah. 71. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, tonight we're gonna start a series. We're gonna do... Saturday, I'm calling it Saturday morning cartoons. Of course, cartoons come on all times of the day when I was a kid. It came on after school, came on Saturday morning, Sunday morning. But um, we're going to do different time periods on different shows. And this is not going to be... When I go back and look at all the cartoons that I watch, there's so many more than five, you know, that I want to talk about. But... um, but, you know, time limits, we're not going to be able to talk about every cartoon we ever watched. <laughs> but, uh, and also the other people that uh, participate on the show, I'm sure they've got cartoons they want to talk about. So, you know, in the next few weeks, we'll probably do several cartoon-related episodes so that we can, uh, we can get more of, that, more of that stuff in. But tonight, we're going to specifically talk about cartoons that we watched that were made in the, in the 80s and the 90s. And... Um, we're going to try to talk about five titles each. You know, if we get long-winded, we can cut it down to three and talk about some more in, on another uh, episode. But uh, uh, any, mini mighty mo, I'm going to let Anthony start first. All right. Well, I mean, this is a very, very, very deep well we're going down. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I mean, there, there are just so many. And the thing I noticed about when I was kind of doing a little bit of research for this and just sort of looking over some lists and things is, you know, at one point or another, I probably watched two or three episodes of a ton of these shows, mainly because, you know, there was no internet when I was a kid. And, you know, it was kind of TV was, or Nintendo were kind of the main forms of entertainment. <laughs> but the one that sticks with me the most would be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
top of my list too. Yeah, yep. that's at top of my list as well. Yeah, I didn't want to wait and hold it off, uh, <laughs> but absolutely loved it. Uh, had a lot of the toys and action figures because that was probably about you know four. <laughs> I remember we had uh, a VHS tape that my dad like taped some shows off the TV, and I would kind of get to watch them again pre DVR and TiVo, kids. That's what you had to do back then. <laughs> you yep. know, and, and God help you if you forgot to put tape over that little tab on the VHS tape. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was probably, like, my first VHS tape that was, like, all mine. And I had my shows on it. And I probably wore that tape out when I was a kid. And I just remember, you know, Ninja Turtles was just huge when I was a kid. I was born in 84, Sorry, guys. Uh, but I actually saw the first movie in theaters, and it was just, you know, mind-blowing to see them on the screen live. So that would be my first one. And I would like to go back and watch some episodes. I didn't get to in preparation for the episode, uh, but I have a nephew who is a little over one year old. So, you know, eventually I would kind of like to collect some of the shows that I grew up with and maybe watch those with him when he's a little older. Yeah, I don't, I mean, you can't, you can't talk about 80s cartoons without the Ninja Turtles coming up and they, oh yeah, that was the quintessential 80s. Yeah, the the cartoon was mostly 80s. Now, when you start talking about the movies, they were mostly 90s. I think the first movie came out in 89. Right, and then they they kept on after that. But, um, but as far as, I watched Ninja Turtles every afternoon, and then again, the new episodes came on Saturday morning, the reruns came on in the afternoon. My brother was the one that collected all the toys, but I loved the the show, and it was, it had a lot going on because it was goofy and kid-friendly, and, and they really played down the violence, even though they were Ninja Turtles, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of violence on the show, like there was in the original. I don't know if you ever read the original comic book that it was based on. Well, they were it, pretty violent, yeah. Yeah, but well, they um, were a, they were a, a, a satirical web series or not web series, comic book series. Yeah, you know, like the Tick, in that the original comics were lampooning comics of their day, and then they got turned into kind of sanitized TV shows. <laughs> yeah, um, and in the UK, didn't they call it something like... They called it Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Yeah. Because they wanted to downplay the violence even more over there. Huh. You know, all the... Because like, whenever I think of that, I think of Michelangelo saying stuff like Cowabunga and Awesome Cowabunga and all that sort of like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all, it was just that quintessential kind of 80s stereotypical like surfer... Have you ever watched any of the any of the more mo- I mean not not the the movies but any of the more modern series cuz Ninja Turtles hasn't ever really went away. They've, right. They've come back in one form or another on television ever since uh creation, I guess, but you know there's been two TV series uh in my adulthood that have been there's one on now on Nickelodeon. I I think Nickelodeon owns the characters now. But there was also a series that came on from 2003 to 2009. That, I did not see any of that one. Okay. Uh, I did see the, whatever that animated movie was that was all CG that they put out. TMNT, yeah. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, that, that, that was a, a pretty good uh Yeah, uh, I mean, movie, but, but all things considered, though, you know, compared to the new ones that we have now, the live action ones, eh, not, I guess not that bad. I wanted to specifically point out that in that in that 2003 series, the final episode of that series was a extended episode that they call they called it an animated movie. It was uh, it was called Turtles Forever, and in the storyline there was a rip in the dimensions. So the turtles from that series met the turtles from the 80s series, hmm. and you got you got to see just how goofy that series was, you know, with the Technodrome and Krang, and uh, there was a lot of pizza jokes and stuff, and you forgot how corny some oh, of the yeah. on that show was. But And then at the towards the end of the episode, there was another rip in the dimensions, and they actually met up with the Turtles from the original comic book as well, and they were in black and white. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, wow. it's, a, it's a cool episode. And you, I think it's on YouTube. I think you can find it on YouTube. It's called Turtles Forever, but... If you if you if you want to go back and see comparisons between how 
turtles are in more modern times and the way they were when we watched it as kids, it's pretty funny to go back and, and, and watch some of that. Yeah, it's funny you were just mentioning the Technodrome. That was the one toy that I sadly never got but always wanted because I thought it was so cool. But, like, do you remember the the ooze that they sold? It was, like, that little tiny, like, Play-Doh bucket of, like, that green goop. Yeah, that, that, they, they they still sell that slime. I mean, they don't call it turtle ooze, but you can still oh, yeah. buy that same stuff. They call it different things now, like some kind of putty or whatever. But it's, like, gooey, but it, did, but it didn't really stick to you. So you can, like... Probably had, like, some sort of aloe vera or something in it. Yeah, it was weird. There was another series of toys that had like a purple slime. Oh, the Ghostbusters one? Yeah. That one was a little bit more viscous and like that would dry on your action figures and like <laughs> get in all the cracks and crevices and you'd have to kind of like pick it out with a needle. All those Ninja Turtles toys got really weird uh, towards the end of the series because they started putting out turtles based on other properties just to be putting more toys out. Like you got you got turtles dressed as samurai warriors. You got turtles dressed as clowns. You got turtles. Halloween one. Did you see those? Not the Halloween one, but I did see the ones where they were dressed as Star Trek characters. Oh, wow. (laughs) That that was weird. (laughs) Yeah, for their Halloween one, it had like Don. And, you know, I'm probably screwing this up, but it was like Donatello was Freddy Krueger, and like another one of them was Jason and like some other iconic horror characters, but they did sort of like a play toned down version of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did a lot of that, especially towards the end of the series when they were just really trying to hang on. But you That know, was one of the for, few video games I was ever any good at, too. The arcade I, game was awesome. And I, yeah. and I I played the arcade game not too long ago at uh, the the River Chase Galleria, Rick, where we, where we were at this weekend. Uh-huh. Um, they've got a store there that that has like some old arcade games and things, and that's one of them. I went in there and I started playing that game, and I remember I, I had the Nintendo version of that game, which they called the arcade game, but it wasn't really. That was the very same. different. Yeah, <laughs> it had it had pizza Pizza Hut ads all the way through the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, you know, I'm there was video games, of course, like clothing, lunchbox, the toys, the video games. It was just like turtles everywhere i remember there was even like burger king happy meals or something like that and people were going nuts all over those yeah but yes you you could not escape it in if you were young in the 80s oh yeah if you were in the 80s and you were a kid you went in the store you got bombarded with ninja turtles and bart simpson Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know one or the other yeah who who is your favorite turtle oh I, i mean i like i like Raphael because he was just kind of wisecracking and stuff. It's cool but yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. I would say, you know, now that I'm a little older, I would go with Raphael too, but probably when I was young, it was either Donatello or Michelangelo. See, yeah, I was thing. Leo all the way. Yeah, and I didn't understand in the in the, in the the cartoon, they made it obvious that Leonardo was the leader. Mm-hmm. And then in the movie, they said Raphael was the leader. <laughs> you know? Are so you talking it, about the live action one? Yeah, the live action. Uh, they... they they called Raphael. They 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 would smart off to him and say, "Okay, fearless leader." You know, and he was like he was supposed to be the head turtle in the movie, but in the in the cartoon, obviously, you know, it was Leonardo. Quick aside: so uh, a buddy of mine, somebody that I know, he does something really cool where he actually goes to children's hospitals and does events dressed up as a Ninja Turtle. Yeah, uh, and he actually it looks like you know the eighty nine or ninety whatever it was live action one. Uh, and he actually has two different heads, so he can be either Michelangelo or Donatello, okay. kind of whichever one he feels like. And, you know, I mean, he volunteers and just kind of does this on his own time and own dime, going to uh, children's hospitals and kind of brightening up kids' days. There was one at the convention the other day that was taking pictures and stuff that looked pretty looked pretty cool. He looked pretty close to movie quality. but well, I'm sure it's really, really hot under that suit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, Rick, what's your first choice? Okay, I, I have to preface this by reminding y'all that I graduated high school in 1982. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I gra- I graduated high school in '95, so you know I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna name off some '90s cartoons that I was really too old to be watching. But <laughs> well, hey, I mean I'm a little bit of an old soul. I was telling Sean for the uh, '60s and '70s ones that you guys should talk about Fritz the Cat. <laughs> oh, that's a good. One. <laughs> I thought of. <laughs> 
I don't think they were showing that on Saturday morning. So. No. <laughs> well, no, but I kind of found my way into watching it once. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I actually was surprised I could come up with five from the 90s, 80s and 90s, because I really didn't remember watching all that much uh, cartoons, because I wasn't that just too old for cartoons, but too young to realize that there's no such thing as too old for cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but also, Saturday mornings were usually just, you know, nursing hangovers and waking up at, <laughs> at 11.30 kind of things. Uh, i got to go with Tiny Toons. You know, I was, and, and we'll talk about this when we talk about my proteins, but, you know, I was a big Looney Tunes fan. You know, there's always that, are you Disney or are you Bugs Bunny? And I was always Bugs Bunny. And Tiny Toons, I kind of objected to it at the beginning because I was, you know, one of those opinionated assholes. That, oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I... I don't remember how I started watching Tiny Toons or why, but it only took watching like one or two episodes and I was hooked. Yeah. Uh, once I realized they weren't try- it wasn't trying to be Looney Tunes babies, they were different characters, and every now and then they'd bring in Bugs Bunny or Daffy Duck or Taz or someone to be a teacher at the school. Right. I was just, I was all in. What, what was the duck? God, it's been so long since I watched Not it. Not Daffy. The- no, 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 no. It was... Plucky, Plucky Duck. Yeah, I was about to say Quacky Duck, but that's not right. <laughs> one of his, one of his Plucky Duck episodes where it was showing him as a baby and discovering the toilet and <laughs> everything going down the hole. That mm, phrase has that. stayed with me my whole life. <laughs> like, water go down wasn't the it hole. Like, wasn't it like car keys go down the hole? Oh, he was flushing everything he could get his hands on. I think, and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I love that show, and I'd forgotten I love that show. I want to try to find it to show my little girl. Wasn't that the that was the show that originated Pinky and the Brain, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, well, I knew I'm it was sure. either that or Animaniacs, but I think it was no, no, that. Animaniacs. It was Animaniacs. Oh, was but, it? Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember when it came on, and I, I watched it, but when it, I was the same way when it first started because I thought that it was supposed to be Bugs Bunny and everybody as little kids, you know. But. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, you're fine. <laughs> it, it's in the backpack. Take the backpack to Grandmommy. Your bathing suit is in there. Yeah. Sh- shut the door, please. Okay, because I need it to go swimming with, with Grandmommy's friends. Okay. And I got... Like, what? Two surprises. Okay. <laughs> She's cute. Ladies and gentlemen, that was my daughter's share. <laughs> but there is a... there. There's a banned episode of Tiny Toons that comes up when you do this... When you do these... Um, you find these lists of banned episodes of different shows. It always comes up. There was an episode called one beer or something like that where they, they literally, they, there's one beer in the refrigerator and they drink it. And now, <laughs> and now it's uh now it's banned because of that, you know, but it was, it was, it was trying to find a funny way of, uh, of showing the dangers of drinking and stuff like that. But, but now they you don't have know, one beer in them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a Flintstones commercial that's banned that was for Winston cigarettes. Oh, yes. Well, it's not banned. It's just they don't allow cigarette ads on TV anymore. But yeah, back in back in the day, back before my day, <laughs> yeah. uh, you'd have doctors doing cigarette commercials and cartoon characters. Well, the Flintstones was a was a we could do a whole show on the Flintstones alone because it was a it was not despite what we think of it nowadays and what most of us growing up watched it as it was the first prime time cartoon. Yeah, it was it was oh, yeah. for adults. Yeah. It's not for kids. Yeah, I remember. I, I've seen that smoking commercial. They had a beer commercial too. You can look that up on YouTube, kids, in your spare time. <laughs> but. Uh, let's see. My first pick, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Batman the Animated Series. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and throw it out there. I knew it's probably on everybody's list, but um, in my opinion, the best comic book superhero cartoon ever made. You know, it was very much inspired by the 1989 Tim Burton film, but. It also gets a lot of stuff from the comic, you know. Being a series, they were able to flesh out a lot more of the villains than than they ever could in the in the movies. So, Mister Freeze and Poison Ivy were definitely done better on the show than they ever were in the film. Uh, Mark Hamill started his voice acting career on on Batman as the Joker. Kevin Conroy is great as Batman, and this show is actually what started what we currently refer to as the DC Animated Universe. Because now, you know, about two or three times a year, we get these DC Animated movies. 
and they all are in kind of that style of, of animation that started with this show. I don't know that they would be making all these films. Now, I watched uh, the Flashpoint Paradox this afternoon. You know, it's kind of in that in that same style of animation. They used to put the cells for this on black paper or a black background to make the show darker. You know, and they also had the uh, the score that was almost just like from the movie, you know. And um, they got the Killing Joke coming out later this year that's going to have Mark Hamill back as the Joker. And Kevin Conroy is going to be back as Batman. And in this show, they weren't they weren't afraid to kill characters, you know. They weren't afraid to drop a swear word every now and then, you know. It, it was it was the first cartoon where I, I feel like the network was actually realizing that there's adults that like cartoons you know so they were making a cartoon that wasn't specifically designed for little kids you know this one was made for teenagers and young adults they even showed it the first season or so they showed it on sunday nights at like six or seven o'clock something like that to try and pull in more of an adult audience yeah and i, I remember... actually never watched any of those and i should oh wow you should they're very they're really good, good. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, one of the reasons why I liked it is because it was a little more mature and it was, you know, it did have that sort of adult flavor and feel to it. And I remember one of, I'm not sure if it was the first one of the Batman animated movies, but the Mask of the Phantasm. I remember that being very, very dark. And I think that's why I was so attracted to that show. Uh, Keep in mind, people, you know, when I was... You know, four or five years old, I was already watching Terminator 2 and RoboCop, so I'm a little <laughs> jaded when it comes to entertainment for kids. Yeah, Mask of the Phantasm was was definitely a, a film that went along with the series, and it was originally intended to just be one of these direct-to-video films, and they decided at the last minute that they'd throw it in the theater and make some extra cash off of it. Yeah, but yeah. the animated series was so dark, and that's what I loved about it. Yeah. You know, it, it was... was it definitely kind of was your, you know, quote unquote, dark, gritty remake before we all started making dark, gritty remakes in the 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it was just, like I said, they were able to bring in uh, villains from the comics that they would never make a movie about because they're kind of small time and, and not a lot of people knew who they were. So when they make a film, they want to make it about the Joker. They want to make it about Catwoman. A lot of people don't even know who the, like the toy maker is, you know, he, he's more of a Superman villain, but he showed up on Batman a couple of times. Solomon Grundy, you know, guys like that. Uh, Clayface, Clayface was in there a lot. Yep. But, um, but yeah, I absolutely loved Batman, the animated series. And, and as it went along, it kind of changed titles a few times uh, because they wanted to add Robin in there, so they changed the title to Batman and Robin. And then um, over time, they brought Batgirl in. You saw Nightwing. And then they spun off and did a, a Superman series that was along the same animation style. Eventually, that led into the Justice League Unlimited series and all that, you know. So it's definitely a, a, a series that got a foothold that, that that launched into something really big because now like I said we get two or three of these DC animated movies every year and they all come from they're not canon with that I mean that's not it's not that version of Batman but if it wasn't for that series I don't think a lot of the a lot of these things would even they would even make this stuff okay Anthony go ahead with your next choice all right well it kind of seems like all mine are about movies that are coming out today so uh, <laughs> you know I was saying that's pretty much what they're doing. They're taking all these cartoons from my childhood and now remaking them into films uh, when I'm an adult. I guess they're kind of, you know, double dipping on my paycheck there. Uh, but my <laughs> next one would be from 1992, uh, X-Men, the animated series. Oh, yeah. I just yeah. watched a couple episodes of that last week. It's on Hulu now. So. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't know that. I thought that stuff was on Netflix for a little while. Um but yeah, I'll have to check that out now knowing that it's on Hulu. Yeah. Yeah, they got the whole series on Hulu. I watched the first couple episodes last week. Yep. It, from... and, it, and it still holds up. I mean, it's dated. It's dated. You can tell it's from the 90s. But It does. But it's still good. 
Right. I mean, you know, but we're also, it's not fluffy. You know, this is something that is made for a little bit of a mature audience. Yeah. Uh, 1992 to 1997, it looks like, uh, when the show was running. And I really just sort of remember that animation style of everybody looking like, you know, complete steroid, muscle-bound, you know, superhumans and all. And yeah. Just so compelling. And that was one of the ones where, do you guys remember the arcade game? Yeah. The X-Men arcade game? Yeah, I do. I actually just got to play that recently, uh, and it was like, you know, it wasn't like out of a main cabinet or anything. It was the actual arcade game, and, you know, there was like six or seven people playing all at the same time or something like that. It was just so much fun. Just completely brought me back. Yeah, that cartoon was kind of like, it was almost like it was the comic book brought to life because they had the same costumes that they had in the comic. They didn't change it like they did when they started making the movies. And and they they did some of the classic storylines. They did the Days of Future Past storyline. They did the Dark Phoenix storyline all on that show. And, uh, and that theme music, you watch a couple episodes of that and you'll be humming the theme music the next day. Oh, yeah, very <laughs> catchy. Yeah. And it kind of seemed like... Like, Beast was one of my favorite characters, but in the animated show, he hardly did anything. It was all about Wolverine, kind of yeah. like the movies today. Yeah. <laughs> Wolverine's definitely a fan. He's always been a fan favorite, because even after that show was canceled, they kind of carried over and did another X-Men series that was called, like, Wolverine and the X-Men or something like that. Yeah, I, I do recall seeing that, but I think they used a different suit when they did that one. I think that might be the show that I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh, but I kind of do know what you're talking about. Rick, did you ever see, did you ever watch X-Men? I did not. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like I said, that was that was mid-90s. So I I didn't watch it religiously, but I did see it a few times. I did watch a couple episodes last week, and it the animation isn't as good as something that would come out today. It's very 90s, you know, but it's still, it's still entertaining, but. Well, and let me let me clarify. I did not watch it because I didn't want to. I was unaware of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> At that point, what was happening on Saturday mornings was so completely not anything that had to do with me. So I, I didn't even hear about it until probably after the first X-Men movie came out. And then I would hear, hear people talking about how great the X-Men, 90s X-Men comic or, or cartoon was. And then I tried to find it, and it wasn't anywhere that I could find it. Do you watch cartoons <laughs> with your daughter, I'm guessing? Oh, yes. Uh, Justice League Unlimited is something she likes to watch, so I've seen a lot of that. She loves Wonder Woman. Uh, I wish there was more that I could show her. Don't show her Flashpoint. <laughs> you don't want her to see that version of Wonder Woman. She's kind of ruthless. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, they they get very... Not, not extremely graphic in, in these, but, I mean, like, Flashpoint has a beheading in it. You know, so <laughs> yeah, there's a there was a Wonder Woman movie that we tried to watch, and like within five minutes, there was you know a couple of brutal killings, and then an incredibly lascivious Wonder Woman putting her outfit on scene, including <laughs> close up of her boobs jiggling as she pulls them into her into her costume. <laughs> well, and that, I was yeah. like, okay, really? Yeah. Now, these days, you're gonna do that. Uh, so we didn't get very far into that one because it scared her. Speaking of Batman stuff, uh, like we were just talking about, Batman the Bold and the Brave. Uh, I've seen one episode of it. It seems to be more about like the 60s sort of campier Batman. But I favor you know, the animated series that I grew up with because it is darker and it does have that more you know, adult tone to it. But yeah, I mean, I, I know a friend that he watches that with his son all the time. So you might want to check that out. Yeah. That bold in the brave, that bold in the brave cartoon was specifically designed to be a Batman cartoon that was more geared towards kids. You know, they didn't do, I don't even think he ever, he was ever Bruce Wayne. I think he was always Batman on that show, you know? So, and they brought in some other, like green, green, uh, lantern was on there a couple of times and, and stuff like that. And there's also, Somebody's going to have to help me out because I can't remember the name of it. There is a Marvel series that's that's made for kids. Oh, it's like that Junior X-Men or something? Yeah, that, and they're they're drawn more of a more of a comedic style or whatever and they even they do some of the classic storylines but they put, kind of put a funny twist on them and stuff. I can't remember the name. I'm going to try and look that up. 
Well, we've been watching an Avengers series that she likes. I can't remember. It's, it's you know, Avengers something or other. And she really likes it. It, it does a good job of uh, kind of like the Justice League Unlimited where there's like one or two heroes that are the focus of each episode. Yeah. Um, she just really likes when Captain America, she loves Cap. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead with your next uh, pick, Rick. Okay, I'm going to jump across the pond and talk about a show that uh, I dis- well, I didn't discover it. I was told about it in 1992 and it was being shown on Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network or I, you know, I forget what it was, but uh, Danger Mouse. Yeah, I remember Danger Mouse. Any of y'all ever watched Danger Mouse? Yeah. Hmm. Name sounds familiar. It's it's a British kind of spoof. Now, if you okay, this is arcane. If you ever saw the show The Prisoner, <laughs> guy that played the prisoner, whose name I can't remember offhand anymore. Before he played the prisoner, he played a a James Bondish kind of spy in a show called Danger Man. And the prisoner was sort of an unofficial sequel to Danger Man. But then in the nineties, they made this cartoon Danger Mouse. And he's a mouse, and his his sidekick is a hamster, a cowardly hamster named Penfold, and it's a it's a total send up of spy movies and and James Bond and Danger Man and stuff like that. Uh, he reports to Colonel K, who I think is a guinea pig. Uh, he his his headquarters is in a, a, a post box, which if you've ever seen a British post box, they're kind of mailbox, they're kind of cylindrical. Yeah. And, you know, his, his headquarters is down inside this, this post box. And he's got a flying car. And his bat, his his villains are Baron Silas Greenback, who's a toad, and his, his right-hand man, who's a crow. Hmm. And <laughs> Greenback is very obviously a send-up of Blofeld because he's even got a caterpillar, a white fuzzy caterpillar that's his pet that he's always is always with him and stuff. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. I was in the Air Force at the time this show came on, and a friend of mine had married an Englishman and moved over to England. And she sent me a letter. She's like, if you haven't seen Danger Mouse, you need to watch it. And I was hooked. It's a timber wolf, Pimper. Ah, you mean it only eats wood? No, I mean it barks a lot. (laughs) Okay, listeners, uh, we had a little bit of a technical snafu when we were recording this episode, so everything that you heard before is actually from a different day. Holy time <laughs> <We're>, warp, Batman. <laughs> we're actually doing this a few days later, and uh, Aunt Anthony couldn't make it to come back and uh, and finish the show up, so I'm here with Rick. And I sound a whole lot better now. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to continue with our 80s and 90s uh, discussion of cartoon, Saturday morning cartoons, and we left off, Rick was talking about Danger Mouse, and so I'm going to do my next pick which is going to be the real Ghostbusters. This is a cartoon that was based on the film from 1984. You know, every, everybody's seen Ghostbusters. I'm sure everybody that listens to this show has seen the film Ghostbusters. But, um, Never heard of it. <laughs> but but this is uh, my favorite cartoon in the 80s. Now, i got to remind you that I grew up in the 80s. So I was, in 1985, I was eight years old. You know, so the Ghostbusters movie was probably not, on my radar yet but the cartoon was on every saturday morning i didn't i don't believe i saw the movie until i was probably about nine or ten it it was actually close to when ghostbusters 2 came out and not because i didn't know what it was just because my parents didn't like me watching movies that had swear words and things like that you know so i didn't watch it until a little bit later but the cartoon swear a whole lot in that one. no no they didn't swear a whole lot but you know i was i grew up in a kind of religious house so i guess one asshole is enough for that isn't it (laughs) there was a lot of um, wild storylines that came up uh with so many different ghosts and monsters i think that they 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 invented different kinds of ghosts so that they could make different kinds of toys, you know. They had, I had a toy of a mailman that when you pulled a little lever on his back, his whole stomach would open up, and there was a mouth and a tongue would come out, and his his pockets turned into eyeballs and stuff like that. And and I had the proton pack with the little Nerf thing that came out of the front <laughs> that was supposed to be the the proton beam and all that. So you know that it was a big licensing thing. But uh, did you ever watch the cartoon? No, I well, not really. I you know I caught it here and there. Usually, like if I was in a, a waiting room while my car was being worked on, because that happened a lot in the <laughs> <Yeah>. 80s. <laughs> um, you know what's funny is is uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think now. 
for some reason, I remember being angry that the cartoon existed, and I have absolutely no idea why. Well, when it got close to 1989, the the new movie was going to come out. So I remember them trying really hard to make the movie and the cartoon a little more related. Because Which came first, the cartoon or, the, the, or Ghostbusters 2? The cartoon. The cartoon came out first. I think it started in 1987. Maybe eighty six, but there was a, there were license problems when the movie, when the cartoon first started because the characters uh, or the people in the movie Dan Aykroyd and, and you know Bill Murray they all had the rights to their own likenesses, so there was a big deal about not making the cartoon characters actually look like those actors, so that's why you had Egon with a big blonde swirl of hair and all, and all that kind of stuff. But then when it came closer to time for the second movie, I think they realized that there were so many kids that watched this cartoon and bought these bought these toys that they could if they could bring all those kids into the theater, you know, that they had the potential of making a lot more money than they made off the first one, even if the movie <laughs> wasn't all that great. <laughs> so I remember they uh they brought uh Lewis, they brought him into the cartoon. He wasn't there before. And you know a lot of a lot of things like that, and even the 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 comic adaptation of the f- film when it came out, when Ghostbusters two uh, had a comic book adaptation, the characters in that comic were the characters from the cartoon, but it was a storyline from Ghostbusters two, so it was really weird. <laughs> you know, I think now now that I'm trying to think about it, I think maybe that was what was what was upsetting me was I I didn't really pay much attention to the cartoon. I thought it was silly uh but of course you know, yeah i i, I think, <laughs> it definitely was silly <laughs> i didn't see a lot of the cartoon but then when the movie came out i remember being very disappointed in the movie and i remember especially egon looked a lot like the cartoon character and that that just rubbed me the wrong way yeah yeah they did kind of kind of poof his hair up a little it was it was still black you know he had blonde hair in the cartoon but they did kind of poof it up a little bit. And I think that was mostly because they knew kids that watched the cartoon were going to come to the movie, and they would, some of them might be confused if the characters look so much different than they did in the in the cartoon. Um, the show was canceled in 1992, so it lasted a couple of years after the second film. Uh, in 1997, they made a new show called Extreme Ghostbusters, and they brought back uh, Egon and Janine. They put together a new team. I saw a few episodes of that, and you know it's about as good as the as the first series, you know. But I was grown by the time that came out. So, uh, a little piece of trivia. I don't know if you know who Lorenzo Music was. Mm, I know you mentioned him before. Okay. Yeah, he was the he was a voice actor in the in the seventies and eighties, and he used to do the voice of Garfield. Oh, right, right, yeah. Yeah, in all those like Christmas specials and stuff that used to come out, and then. Um, he did the voice of Peter Venkman on Ghostbusters for the first couple of seasons. He got replaced by Dave Coulier a few years into the into the show. But um, when he was doing the the voice of Peter, they showed an episode of the cartoon to Bill Murray, and Bill Murray said, "Why do I sound so much like Garfield?" And then Bill Murray played Garfield in two films <laughs> later. <Yeah. laughs> so I just think that's a funny little tidbit of information you know and that, there was also the whole license problem with that ghostbusters cartoon from from filmation from the 70s because i used to get mad when tv guide would say ghostbusters was coming on and i turn it on and there was a monkey running around spraying slime on or it looked like bubble gum on <laughs> okay now i need to check something on this uh so if i if i if i sound robotic i apologize I remember the Ghostbusters from the 70s being a live-action show. It was. There was a live-action show in the 70s. They made an animated version of it, and it may have been the early 80s when it started. But there was a cartoon based on that version of Ghostbusters that came on for a while. I I, I don't even think it was Saturday morning. I think it was like weekday afternoons or something. But it was very confusing because it was called The Ghostbusters. You know, it was three words, the Ghostbusters. And then when they made this cartoon, they had to call it the real Ghostbusters to differentiate it. Okay, yeah, because the Ghostbusters, the show I'm remembering was from 1975. It starred Forrest Tucker and uh, Larry Storch, who were both in F Troop together. 
yeah. long, long, long ago before most of you listening were even a flicker in your <laughs> folks' eyes. Uh, it was those two and a, and a guy in a gorilla suit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't know they made a cartoon out of that. Yeah, um, it was Filmation put it together. Okay. And it wasn't great. I mean, it it going back and watching it now, it may be as good as the real Ghostbusters. I don't oh know. My God. But... The two characters were Spencer, Tracy, and Kong. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer, Tracy. Oh, I, re- I just remember that it was about two guys and a gorilla. Yep. And they didn't have proton packs. They had some kind of a gun that sprayed what looked like bubble gum. And they would spray it on ghosts and monsters, and they'd get all sticky, and that's how they would catch them, you know. So, so uh, what's what's your uh, what's your next pick? Okay, let's talk about sugar, spice, everything nice, and a little bit of Compound X, the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> I love that show. If you're not familiar with the Powerpuff Girls, it was kind of a riffing on on. Uh, I think at the time we were still calling it Japanimation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before the term anime really became widespread. All of the characters speak very fast with very high-pitched uh, voices. Uh, the three girls who are who are the superheroes, uh, they, all, they don't have fingers. They have huge round eyes. Uh, they're all adorable. Uh, and they fight. It, it's very much in the same vein as like the Tick or the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoon or comics, rather. Uh, very satirical, very adult stuff, but done so in a way that kids will never catch the adult stuff. Uh, my favorite bit is uh, uh, like a, a great example of this is there's an episode, one of the early episodes. In fact, I was showing this to Sharon a few weeks ago, and I was very bummed to see that they actually cut this out. They're they're broadcasting it on Netflix. And uh, the the guy that created the Powerpuff Girls, Professor Newtonium, uh, is getting ready for a date. And the girls are all thrilled that he's actually going on a date because he's, you know, the eternal bachelor kind of thing. Yeah. And they're helping him get ready. And it's this montage, just real quick montage jump cuts of them combing his hair and helping him fix his tie and polishing his shoes and brushing his teeth. And in one, like, four and a half frame bit, one of the girls hands him a little square packet and just says, here. And then it cuts away. (laughs) And there is no way a kid is going to know what that joke is. Yeah. But as an adult, you're rolling on the floor going, oh, my God, I don't believe they did that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, of course, because there are too many adults out there who have absolutely no senses of humor and don't realize that children don't understand this stuff unless you teach it to them. Right. uh, You know, they got their pitchforks and torches out and and, uh, got it cut out. It's still on the DVDs. Uh, if you have, if you can get the DVDs, they're all uncut. It's the same mindset that. Uh, uh, did you ever watch Underdog? I know this is this is. I. I, thought I remember it, it. Yeah. Underdog got kind of put on my. Uh, didn't make the cut for our '60s and '70s show that's coming up. Um, but one of the things about Underdog was that, and he was not alone. There were a lot of superheroes at the time that did this. Whenever he would just absolutely get his butt handed to him he would pop a super energy pill that he kept hidden in his ring and he'd become super again. Yeah. You try to, whenever you watch it on TV now, well, I don't know about now, but like when I was, uh, when we first moved to Florida and, you know, before cable was around, the the Trinity Broadcasting Network was showing underdog. (laughs) But oddly enough, he would go from almost dead to super again with this really badly edited jump cut. (laughs) Yeah. No and explanation, yeah. Thirteen year old me was like, Hey, where's the super energy pill? I gotta admit, I ne- I never watched uh the, the Powerpuff Girls when it was on. Uh my kids or my son was really small when it was still on the air at the time. Um I did watch the movie because we rented it one night when uh he had some friends spending the night or something, we were looking for uh a cartoon for him to watch and, and we found that. So I did watch the movie and I I thought it was pretty funny, but yeah, I never actually saw the series. There's there's great bad guys. There's Mojo Jojo, Mojo Jojo, who yeah. is he's an escaped uh, lab chimp who uh, has augmented uh, mental powers and is evil. Uh, there's uh, my my one of my favorite bad guys they fight is him, capital H I M, and he's Satan. <laughs> uh, but kind of a cross dressing Satan. It's really bizarre. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's just I love the Powerpuff Girls. It's a lot of fun. Kids love it. 
it, it's a lot of action and, and silliness and stuff, but there there is that level of adult humor that you can really get into and enjoy watching. Well, I can't bring up uh, 80s cartoons without talking about Thundercats. This is a weird one to talk about because when you go back and watch it now, it's very strange. The concept that they were using uh, for this cartoon, it was people from another world that, and they were part human and part cat. And it was very fast and flashy because even though all of the behind-the-scenes people, like the writers and the directors, all that stuff was here in the U.S., but they went, they sent it over to Japan to be animated. Mm-hmm. And it was owned by, uh, it was actually distributed by Rankin Bass. I think this was one of the last properties that Rankin Bass did under that name before they were bought out by somebody else. But just like some of the other uh, cartoon properties in the 80s, it's basically a 30-minute toy commercial. Yeah. You know, they would introduce a character, and all of a sudden there would be a toy for that character out that same day. You know, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, you go to the store, and there's a toy for that character. <laughs> you know, and all the character, I mean, all the uh, vehicles and all that kind of all that kind of stuff. But um, I remember I had the Lion-O was the main guy, and uh, the, the premise was that he was part of a, the people of this other planet had gotten on these ships to leave because their world was going to be destroyed or was dying or something like that. And they all went into some kind of stasis. Well, his stasis pod was leaking or something, so he aged while he was in there. So he was a little kid in the first episode, and then when he came out, he was a full-grown adult, you know. The bad guy was Mumra, which was like a gnarled-up old mummy that could say some magic words or something and would turn into a really big buff Skeletor looking kind of <laughs> kind of guy, you know. They brought the show back in 2011, but I guess modern kids didn't really like it as much as 80, 80s kids did, so it lasted one season. I think they just brought it back so they could sell some more toys because the toy stores were full of Thundercat stuff all of a sudden. I was I was walking through Toys R Us with one of my kids and just turned down an aisle and all of a sudden I saw all this Thundercat stuff. And I didn't even know the show had come back. And I was like, why are they selling Thundercats toys? You know? <laughs> My then, wife watched the new series. She, she's your age. You, you okay. And she are, were born in the same year. Uh, and she she loves Transformers and Thundercats and all of those 80s, 80s shows that I never saw. I've never, ever seen an, an episode of Thundercats. Um, the only thing I know about it is that Chitara was hot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's about it. And, I, you know, she has a much higher tolerance for crap TV than I have. <laughs> uh, and when they announced that there wasn't going to be a second season, I don't recall any great wailing or gnashing of teeth. So I must, I assume it really wasn't all that great. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I ever watched the new ones when they came out. I just remember that just seeing the toys all of a sudden. And then when I kind of looked online to find out why they're selling Thundercats toys, I, Oh, there's, there's a new series, but I don't think I ever went back and actually watched it. And I have gone back and watched some of the older episodes, uh, not very recently, but, you know, in the last couple of years. And they don't really hold up, but it's just kind of weird because it's being made in Japan, but being written in the United States, it's like this weird hybrid because it kind of looks like that, what you were saying, Japanimation. Mm -hmm. Well, that's standard operating procedure now, but then... yeah. Yeah, so either it, Japan it was, or Korea. <laughs> yeah, so you had you had scripts that were that you could tell that they were written by Americans, but then the animation looks like something completely different. But you know, mm-hmm. well, I don't know if uh, if you remember shows like Battle of the Planets or uh, Speed Racer stuff like that, where it was. I remember Speed Racer. Yeah, Japanese cartoons that were just dubbed into English, and some of them were heavily edited. Uh, like Battle of the Planets, I think was was incredibly sanitized for our puritanical, idiotic American sensibilities. <laughs> it's kind of like what they did with Power Rangers because that was a, you know, it's not a cartoon, but that was a live action show in Japan. They took all the scenes where the Power Rangers were actually fighting monsters, and 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 we, they just filmed their own stuff in between with new people, and because you didn't have to have the same person in the costume because you couldn't, a little kid couldn't tell. Yeah. But then the episode that they're splicing from could have had a completely different story than what they were telling over here, you know, all, because all all that they had was Power Rangers fighting monsters. All the stuff in between that actually tells the story was was completely different, you know. Did you ever see 
most extreme elimination challenge. Uh-uh. Uh, <laughs> back when uh, when Spike TV was just getting started, uh, they took this Japanese game show. It was like Tadoshi's Castle or something like that. I forget what the exact name of it was. Re-edited it and then uh, put in their own uh, uh, their own soundtrack. Yeah. So it's you know it's kind of like um, oh what's that show Wipeout? Is that the one where where yeah, yeah, contestants Wipeout. have to run through this incredible obstacle course? That was kind of inspired by by whatever's castle, which was lampooned by Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. Uh, so it was that sort, those sorts of obstacle courses with just regular Japanese citizens going through these these horrible torturous courses, yeah. Um, and then the the overdubbing of the of the American voices just hilarious. If you ever look it up, it's it's MXC uh, MXC is what it eventually became uh, uh, abbreviated to. Um, but that that's kind of the sort of thing you know Americans have been doing for years. Uh, there's a wonderful now I hate to recommend a Woody Allen movie because he's such a monster. Right. Um, but long long ago back in back in the '60s he he made a movie called What's Up Tiger Lily, which I, it, it's worth watching because what he did was he took a Japanese it, it's either Japanese or Chinese I think it's Japanese uh, spy movie like a Japanese James Bond kind of movie. Yeah, and put in his own soundtrack, <laughs> and it's it's brilliant. It kind of reminds me. I mean, I know Mystery Science Theater three thousand isn't really overdubbing the 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 soundtrack, but you know, they kind of did a little bit of that. And there was another show that I can't remember the name of that came on Nick at Night when I was a kid that was basically uh, just taking old movies and turning the sound off, and then these four or five guys sitting in a in a room and making up their own dialogue mm-hmm. for it. It was. It, I remember it being pretty funny. I wish I could remember the name of it now, but it was like a thirty-minute show, and that's all it was. It's just overdubbing old, mainly uh, Japanese uh, kung fu movies and stuff like that. Well, if you want, if you want to see watch something along those lines, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you've seen the bad lip reading videos. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. But the, I think the guys that actually started that are a group called Day Job Orchestra on YouTube. Uh, DJO, and they have some absolutely hilarious Star Trek dubs, but I gotta warn you, <laughs> they are incredibly not safe for work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are filthy, uh, but hilarious, too. Yeah, those uh, those bad lip reads are... It's incredible. I mean, it, it seems like they're just coming up with stuff off the top of their head, but to see it just sync up so well with what they're, the words that their lips are moving to, it just... It's got to take them some time to actually get that right, and there's those some really talented guys. You know, I used to be the uh, main technician for an all-female improv troupe uh, many many yarns ago. I'll tell you, comedy does not. I mean, while well, yes, there even in improv, there's rehearsal. There's yeah, because they would do sketches as well as improv, and you also have to practice the the, the improv games too, so that you can, you know, the the mechanics of the game. Right, become automatic, so you can focus on making up shit while you're uh, stop. Sorry, uh, <laughs> while you're doing it. Um, but yeah, coming up, you know, being funny, uh, doing a show like MST3K or Bad Lip Ring or anything like that, it it's a testament to the people doing it if it sounds like they're just making it up as they go because yeah. you can't do that. You can do that for your first couple of run-throughs and then write down the jokes that work and get rid of the ones that don't. Yeah, uh, but it's got to be very well planned out. Go ahead with your with your next pick. Um, I'm kind of out of picks. Actually. Are you okay? I you know I was hard pressed to come up with stuff. Um, I mean the only other one I could men- I could really mention, and it wasn't because I liked it so much as it was always a a, a bone of contention between my brother and me, and it was right at the end of our uh, the time when I really gave a crap about Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> uh, Thundar the Barbarian. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And the uh, my brother always, you know, this was, uh, again, we're talking back before cable when we had one TV, or at least one color TV. I think we had a yeah. little black and white in our bedroom, but, you know, who wants to watch that? And my brother would want to watch Thundar, and I don't even remember what was on opposite that I would want to watch, probably anything. I was just, it, you know, the whole premise of Thundar is it takes place in the future, you know, a post-apocalyptic future. Uh, where magic and witchcraft and dragons and stuff are back, 
and Thundar, who is, you know, the Conan ripoff, yeah. has this magic sword that apparently, you know, it, it was when suddenly people decided that violence in cartoons was a bad thing. And I have very strong opinions about this. Uh, I, I noticed very quickly that while Thundar had this really big, glowing, kick-ass sword, all he would ever do would be to, like, wave it at things and they would run away. Right. <laughs> you know, this was the same, getting around the same time that the A-Team would just em- empty crates of ammunition and nobody would get a scratch. So the only thing I can really say about Thundar was it kept it kept annoying the hell out of me. Yeah, just like sanitized Saturday morning, mm-hmm. there was there was more violence in old Bugs Bunny cartoons. Oh yeah, <laughs> than some of that stuff that came out, especially in the mid to late eighties. But um, and you I've know what, a... we never had to be told that dropping an anvil on somebody was a bad idea. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> and don't strap dynamite to yourself or a exactly. rocket or anything like that. We yeah. we kind of got that that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple I'll bring up that I'm sure you know of or you've seen but um inspector gadget was uh i guess mid to late 80s as well and it's it was really a uh based on get smart because don adams did his voice especially in the original run but inspector gadget was a detective completely made out of gadgets and that was the gimmick because he always had the tool that he needed for the situation but despite the the title being inspector gadget Inspector Gadget wasn't the hero of the show because Penny and Brain, Brain was the dog and Penny was his niece. They solved all the crimes. He just got all the credit. (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. um, I've seen it. I didn't watch it with any regularity, but I'll tell you what, even just while we were driving home from Mississippi yesterday, uh, my wife said something. Oh, we were talking about, I wish we could reach all the way into the back seat and, and get something from the back. Yeah. And she said something about telescoping arms and I said, Go go gadget arms. Yeah. And you know, it's it's certainly worked its way into the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah. I say go go gadget stuff all the time, <laughs> much, much to the chagrin of my kids. <laughs> they get it. But they're just like, Really? Really dad, you know. <laughs> now did you see the Matthew Matthew Broderick movie when it came out? Yes. I and I was I, I was gonna mention yeah. Well, when it came out, I wanna say it was it was early two thousands, so my kids were very young, you know, so we, we had this thing of Blockbuster was still a thing back then, you know, so we'd go to Blockbuster and rent whatever kids' movie they picked out. And I actually pointed at Inspector Gadget and said, hey, I remember watching that when I was a kid. You'll like that. Well, they they liked it. <laughs> I didn't. It was because, I mean, it was like they were trying to be the cartoon but trying to be something completely different at the same time, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then they made another one that was straight to video. With oh, really? French, yeah, French Stewart. Oh, God. From Third Rock from the Sun. He played Inspector Gadget in the second one. Oh, and that it was had even, to be horrible. It, it was. It was awful. We didn't rent that one. That one we watched when it came on, like, The Wonderful World of Disney or something like that, so... Uh, wow. They've actually got a new Inspector Gadget series on Netflix. I oh, really? I haven't watched any of them, so I don't know if they're any good <laughs> or not. But uh, but just the 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 pictures that I see come up on uh, that come up on Facebook, it looks pretty similar to the to the old. The characters look the same, you know. It it doesn't look like they've changed a, a whole lot. But and another one, I'll just I'll I'll bring up one more. Okay. How about He Man and the Masters of the Universe? <laughs> This was this was one that I used to uh, I used to get in trouble at school for this because when all right this is a little story I've got I went to a private uh, church run school when I was in kindergarten and first grade and then I got moved to um, public school after that but in this private school we didn't really sit in a classroom and have a teacher stand there and teach us we all sat in these little cubicles and worked out of workbooks all day and. When we had a question for our teacher, we had these little flags that we would put up on our cubicle. That there was a little hole up there, you stick a flag up there, and and she would come over and and work with us a little bit. I used to get in trouble because I would take my flags and I would sit there and pretend like I was he like they were He Man and Skeletor <laughs> when I was supposed to be doing my work. Everybody's quietly doing their work, and I'm over there, you know, by the power of Grayskull, all this kind of stuff, you know, so. Uh, for a long time, I didn't get to I didn't get to watch He Man because I got in trouble at school so much for it. And then uh, when the movie came out, my dad was like, "I'm not taking you to see that movie. You'll get in trouble pretending to be He Man." <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't I didn't actually see the, the the movie for several years after that. But 
Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've seen it since then. <laughs> this was another one of the shows that was created mainly to sell toys. As as a matter of fact, I think that the toys came out before the cartoon did. And that was one of the reasons I was so angry at cartoons in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, that. yeah, that's what they were. They were toy commercials. Saturday morning, uh, you were getting bombarded with toy commercials and cereal commercials for four or five hours a, a week, but... Prince Adam of Eternia would uh, turn into He-Man whenever he held aloft his magic sword and said, by the power of Grayskull, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have the power. He had uh, Cringer, which turned into Battle Cat, and protecting the his world against Skeletor, which was supposed to be a skeleton, but he had huge muscles, so it's kind of <laughs> weird. <laughs> but very much of its time, they made, like I said a minute ago, they made a film out of it with Dolph Lundgren, that we talked about when we did our favorite bad movies, but and that that film itself is very dated. I think that this property could be updated if they really wanted to. I've heard it, rumors. Yeah, there's about been rumors every now and then that they were going to do one, but it's never materialized. Yeah, and I think the last rumor a couple of years ago they said Channing Tatum was supposed to do something with it, but it nothing's ever actually happened, you know. But if you'd asked me ten years ago if I thought that that they would ever make a Transformers film that would appeal to modern audiences, I would have told you no way. So, you know, I think that this could actually be updated if they really wanted to and tried to. They you know, they did the spinoff of She-Ra for the girls, you know. Very much a... These were both very much a precursor to what eventually became like the Hercules and Xena in the 90s and stuff like that, but... Yeah, I when I was a kid, we had uh, various robot toys and toy lines there was micronauts i don't know if you ever saw those uh they were they were little bitty kind of futuristic robotic toys and they had vehicles and buildings and stuff but they all came apart you could like swap their heads around and stuff yeah um and then there were like the shogun warriors which were these big robots that were kind of the the gundam before gundam was around uh yeah we had transformers know. and gobots and... well but but this was the, the well yeah but you're talking yeah you're I'm, talking, I'm about talking before, before okay. those guys and we didn't have you know it was just here are the toys right and then transformers and he-man came out first of all when he-man came out i was like he-man seriously that's the name <laughs> you're going with yeah um and we saw yeah we saw the toys in the in the store and i was like he-man <laughs> uh <laughs> And then, you know, and Transformers 2 and GoBots. And and, uh, and and actually, as I understand it, GoBots came first. Transformers was the ripoff. Um, yeah, I think I've heard that before, too, yeah. But uh, then suddenly there were these cartoons. And, and I was like, shouldn't it be the other way around? Shouldn't it be a cartoon first and then a toy line? Yeah. Uh, and I was... it. Again, I, I got offended a lot in the 80s. I was, <laughs> I was something of an opinionated ass at the point, at that time. Yeah, um, and G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe was another Oh, G.I. Joe was another the... thing that, that... That's a whole other... All right, when I was a kid, damn it, G.I. <laughs> Joe was 12 inches tall and had real hair. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, the original, yeah. Then, I don't know what made him decide to go with the... I think they're called three and a half, three and a half inch tall figures that had all the little bendable. They were bendable, but they were really fragile because my brother used to collect GI Joes. I was the I was the He Man kid. I had all the He Man toys. He had all the GI Joe toys, and they had this little rubber band that was basically holding the entire thing together. That ran right through the middle of the toy. Yeah. And I used to take the toy and I I I'd twist the top of it. <laughs> <laughs> and you let go of it, and his whole top of his body would spin around. Well, you do that enough times, and that rubber band breaks. And when that rubber band breaks, the arms, the legs, everything just completely falls off of it. You know, so they were they were really fragile if you didn't uh, play with them the way they were they were intended. <laughs> well, when I was little, and I don't, you know, if we've got any any listeners out there that are uh, you know of my age, you all probably remember this. There was a toy called Major Matt Mason, and he was an astronaut. And this was, you know, back during the Apollo and, and Gemini, you know, when the space race was was big. Um, and he was basically rubber. It was like, and he was very bendable. I mean, it, it wasn't articulation. It was just you could bend the whole thing. But yeah. it had a wire armature inside. It was just, you know, like like bailing wire inside it that gave it some shape. And then they, they would 
mold the rubber around this armature. Well, if you bent them enough times, eventually that rubber would crack and that wire would stick out. Yeah. And just gory every time you play with this thing. I probably yeah. have scars from that thing somewhere on me. Yeah, there were a, there were a lot of toys when I was a kid that could that would end up injuring you as they as they aged. They weren't they weren't as well put together as they should. should you know have what? Been. I, I think we need to do a. a I think I, I I this might be a good show topic someday of of toys that should have killed. Us. Yeah. <laughs> Lawn darts, anybody? Oh, I miss those so much. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I'm gonna draw a line on the '80s and '90s right there, and uh, and bring this bring this topic to a close. So that's gonna pretty much do it for this episode. If, if this is your first time listening, or if you want to find out more about the show, more about the people on the show, you know, just make sure you visit us at our website at cosmicpotato.com. If you want to reach us, you can find us on Facebook or on Twitter. Just search for Cosmic Potato, and 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 you'll find us. And, of course, you can email me directly at Sean Ray. That's S-H-A-W-N-W-R-A-Y at CosmicPotato.com. Let me know what you think of the show. Give me any ideas that you have for topics that we can talk about. And I've got a Patreon campaign that I just started. So if you want to kind of help the show exist, you can go to the website and you'll find uh, links to our page on Patreon. I've got some cool incentives for you if you subscribe, including... You can help us plan topics for the show. You can be a guest on the show. Uh, we'll make a special episode just for Patreon subscribers. You know, that kind of stuff. So, If you, if you give enough, I will come wash your car. <laughs> I will, too. You'll get two car washes. <laughs> All right. Well, Rick, thanks for joining me on this episode. My pleasure. Thank you, sir. And, Anthony, wherever you are, thank you for your input on the episode as well. And uh, that's going to do it for this one. And, uh Thanks for listening. That's what it's all about. And until next time, we'll see you in the future.